If you'll allow me just a moment of pastoral privilege before we read our scripture lesson this morning, I want to thank you all. I want to thank you uh, for yesterday. Yesterday, uh, we came together as a community of faith to celebrate and give thanks to God for the life and the ministry of the Reverend Dr. Blair Money, who was my predecessor here at Preston Hollow. Many of you were members of this community of faith for the 19 years that he faithfully served this community of faith. Others of you, and just like me, you joined this community of faith long after he had retired. But I want to thank you because uh, over the last three weeks, I've heard from so many of you. You've sent text and picked up the phone or shot me an email. You've been praying for me, but you've also been praying for our, our staff and our team. And I, I can't tell you how much that that support and those prayers and your love has meant to us. We have felt them. But I also want to say thank you because yesterday we came together as a community of faith to share in ministry. Our, our choir, Steve Jobman and Terry Price and, and Zach and Michael and so many of you baked cookies. A hundred dozen cookies yesterday were provided. It was all ministry. We, we were being the church together. We were serving alongside one another, and I am so very, very grateful. It seems appropriate on this Sunday after a memorial service on Saturday that we would be welcoming confirmands into the ministry and the life of this church. It's Confirmation Sunday. Over 20 young people will stand right here on these steps in a few moments, and they will not only confirm the promises that their parents made on their behalf, they're going to do something so much greater than that. I think our scripture points us to exactly what they will confirm this day. Uh, so we're going to pick up in the 21st chapter of the Gospel of John. We're going to read verse 15 and go all the way through verse 19. So listen now, friends. Listen for the word of the Lord to all of us this day, because this word could change your very life. When they finished eating, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, um, do you, uh, you love me more than these? Simon replied, yes, Lord, you, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. Jesus asked a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon replied, yes, Lord. You know I love you. Jesus said to him, take care of my sheep. Jesus asked a third time, uh, Simon, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was sad that Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He replied, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my, feed my sheep. I assure you that when you were younger, you tied your own belt and walked around wherever you wanted. But when you grow old, 
You will stretch out your hands and another will tie your belt and lead you where you don't want to go. He said this to show the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. After saying all of this, Jesus said to Peter, Follow me. Follow me. Friends, this is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Remind us, O God. Remind us that you hover here. You hover in this very sanctuary this morning, just as you hovered over the waters of creation. Create afresh and anew this very day. Reach across the ages and breathe new life into these ancient words that they may be your word to us here and now. That these words would point us to a greater truth, to a deeper love, to a different way to live in this world. Breathe new life into the words of my mouth and into the meditations of all of our hearts that all, would be acceptable and pleasing to you, O God. Our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Uh, So my dear confirmands, 15 years ago, your bleary-eyed parents stood right at this font and they held you in their arms You don't remember that day. You don't remember a thing about it. You were just an infant, but your parents do. They held you right in their arms. This was long before you knew who your parents were. It's long before you even knew who God was. And it was way before you even knew what love was. Your parents, they stood right there at this font. They held you. They remember it like it was yesterday. They remember thinking that day, this is the cutest child to ever be born on the face of the earth. They remember thinking, man, this would be a really bad time to spit up. <laughs> they were thinking, oh man, when, that, when I hand this baby to the minister, I hope you don't cry. They remember that day like it was yesterday. They had no idea then that you would uh, turn into teenagers one day. They had no idea that day that you would want to date someone. They had no idea then what they would do with you when you stayed out past curfew. Oh no, they held you in their arms and they looked at you. They stood before all these people. There were people all in these pews. And they held you. And they promised to teach you the scriptures. They promised before all these people to try to teach you who God was. They promised before all these people that they would try to walk this life of faith every day of their lives. Oh, long before you knew who God was and what love was, your parents stood right there and they held you. And they made baptismal promises on your behalf. 
They did it because they recognized that God's love was not conditional, uh, that God's love didn't have to be earned. Uh, God's love was not something that uh, you could ever achieve. They made those vows on your behalf because they wanted you to know what they knew themselves. That that water was a visible sign of an invisible reality. And some of you did scream, by the way. I don't think any, any of you spit up on the minister, though. Confirmands, it, it's tempting to think that today is a culmination of 10 weeks of confirmation class. That this is a day that you get to confirm your parents' faith. It's easy to think that uh, today is a day that you merely confirm what you wrote on those this I believe sheets that, that you gave to Sarah R. as part of your class. But I want you to know that uh, Confirmation Sunday is not about what we believe. I want you to hear me again. Uh, this Confirmation Sunday is not merely about what we believe. Then what is this day for, you may ask? I think our scripture passage points us in that direction. The disciples had been following Jesus for three years. Now, I want us all to imagine this as the longest confirmation class ever in the history of the world. <laughs> a class that met every single day for three years. A class that met all day, every day for three years. And there were some exciting times as part of that three-year confirmation class. Like the time when uh, Jesus had him walk on water. That was an exciting day. It was an exciting day when Jesus took five loaves and two fish. He, he looked up to heaven, he blessed them, and he broke them, and he fed over 10,000 people. That was an exciting day. Oh, it was an exciting day when Jesus walked into that room, and there was that lifeless body. And Jesus said, get up. And the disciples, oh, man. They watched that body rise. That was an exciting day. But let's be really honest about this. There were some boring days of class, too. Uh, among the most boring were those days that Jesus said, Hey, will you come up with me and pray all night long? I mean, really, who can pray all night long? The disciples fell asleep. There were some hard days, uh, like days when all they did was walk. They walked all over God's good creation, but the hardest days were the final days. The hardest days of that three-year confirmation class were the days in which they watched the one in, for whom they followed for three years go to the cross, and they wondered, was it worth it? Is this how it was supposed to end? At the end of it all, did you notice in our passage this morning, at the very end of that three-year confirmation class, Jesus did not ask Simon Peter if he believed. Now, I, I read the text just a minute ago. It wasn't in there. He, he didn't say, Simon Peter, do you promise to believe everything that I taught you? Simon Peter, will you promise to teach everything I taught you? No, it wasn't. It's not in there. 
No, Jesus asked the disciples after a three-year confirmation class, Simon, Peter, do you love me? That's an altogether different question. Simon, Peter, do you love me? That is to say, will you live your life in response to and out of this love? Because if you say yes, Simon, Peter, then that life looks like feeding my sheep, tending my flock. Love, my dear friends, is... It's not only about our feelings, it's about our actions. Do you love me? It's the central question to our faith. What is your greatest love? And how do you live that love out in the world? It seems to me that that is the question that is before all of us on this Confirmation Sunday. Do you love God and do you promise to live your life in response to that love? Will you live out your faith by seeking to follow God? That's what confirmation is about. It's not confirming what you believe. It is confirming that this discipleship following Christ is the way of life that you seek to live. It's a journey of love. It's a journey of the heart. It's a journey of following the living Christ out in the world every day of your life, but what does that look like, preacher? What does that look like to practically feed God's sheep in the world? Do you know how many hungry people there are? What does it look like to follow Christ in our daily lives? Have you watched the news? You know, I have come to learn a term that our Jewish brothers and sisters use. It's a term for the way in which they live out this love in the world. It's inspired me. I want to share it with you. The term is tikkun olam, which means to repair the world. Tikkun olam means to repair the world. It's a way of living in the world, trusting that all belong to God and seeking to live like we belong to one another. It means our daily lives reflect this repairing of the world, that we are active participants with God in repairing and caring for God's people and God's creation and building places of hospitality and welcome. That can sometimes sound like a tall order. We sometimes think, what can little old me do in this great big world in which we live in? I mean, how am I supposed to repair the world? What can I do? It was uh, this week, last year, the week of Thanksgiving, right before it. Olivia, our daughter, Olivia and I were uh, over at Central Market. We had just um, gone grocery shopping. We were in the checkout line at Central Market, and the cashier had rung up all of our items. And the cashier said, would you like to feed a hungry family in Dallas? to ensure they would have a meal for Thanksgiving this year. You can do that by making a $1, $5, or $10 donation. Would you like to feed a hungry family today? And before I could respond, Olivia said, yes, we would. (laughs) 
And so the cashier said, would you like to make a $1, a $5, or a $10 donation? And Olivia, without missing a beat, said, a $10 donation? And the cashier looked at me, sort of over Olivia's head to see if I would approve. And I got to tell you, a $10 donation, I thought, that'll be the cheapest thing we buy at Central Market today. (laughs) So I nodded to the cashier. I said, yeah, $10. And the cashier said, thank you so much for your donation. We got all of our groceries packed, and uh, we got them loaded into the trunk of the car, and we were driving home. And I said, hey, uh, Olivia, can I ask you a question? She said, yeah. I said, Olivia, uh, why was it important? Why was it important that we make that $10 donation at Central Market? And she said, Dad... Because the cashier said there was a hungry family in Dallas. A family that was hungry that wouldn't have Thanksgiving if we didn't make a donation. Daddy, we have to do our part to repair the world. (laughs) Isn't that right, Daddy? Yes, sweetheart, it is. But repair the world, Olivia? You're four. (laughs) Where did you learn this term, repair the world? She said, Daddy, don't you remember? I said, I'm sure I do, just remind me. She said, it's right there. Every day when you walk me into my classroom, my classroom name at Temple Emmanuel is the Tikkun Olam class, Dad. Our class is called the Repair the World classroom. Friends, a life of faith. A life of discipleship is a life of being invited by the living Christ to join him in repairing the world. And the living Christ sometimes comes to you disguised as your four-year-old daughter in a checkout line at Central Market. <laughs> repairing the world, this life of faith, is trusting that all belong to God and seeking to live like we belong to one another. It's about literally feeding God's lambs. But it's also about seeking to orient our life to follow Christ each and every day of our lives. Confirmands, I want you to take out a pen. There should be some right in front of you. Your parents can take these out too because I don't do this very often, but I feel the need to give you some guidance on what this looks like every day of your life. I want you to write the word repair. If you got your confirmation Bible, write it right in the front cover. Write it on the bulletin. I want you to repair the world. I want you to R. 
I want you to remember. I want you to remember, Confirmands, that you were just what God had in mind when God created you. That God loves you, no questions asked, and God reached out and claimed you in God's love long before you knew who God was, who your parents were, or what love even was. I want you to R, remember. And I want you to E, Eucharist. That's E-U-C-H-A-R-I-S-T. Confirmands, I know you know those words, but I know some of your dads, and I spelled it for them. <laughs> Got it? Eucharist, I want you to know that this table where we celebrate communion at Preston Hollow, I want you to know that it, it extends far beyond the walls of this church, that every single meal that you'll ever have is holy and sacred. That every place that we break bread is a holy moment. And I want you to recognize every meal of your life it's among the holiest moments that you'll ever have. Yes, even meals in the cafeteria right now. I want you to remember P, pray. Every single day I want you to pause and to breathe and to connect with the divine and to offer the very words of your soul to God. And I want you to A, awe, A-W-E, I want you to stand in awe because everything is holy. Every place, every person, and every situation has a thread of the divine that runs right through them. My favorite quote of all time is this, God calls us to compassion that seeks to stand in awe, A-W-E. God calls us to compassion that seeks to stand in awe of what other people have to carry rather than judgment of how they carry it. Awe is always where God would have us stand. I incarnate. That really fancy I incarnate, that's a really fancy theological word that means this. Take on the flesh. Put down your cell phones and turn off the television and tell your parents to do the same thing and show up and be present for one another. Show up for your friends. Give voice to those who don't have a voice. Be present in your lives for those that you love. Because here's the secret of this whole thing called life. The holy moments are played out over your entire lives and they are disguised as the ordinary. Take on the flesh, be present, incarnate. Are receive. Receive forgiveness. Receive love. Don't you spend another second of your life wondering whether or not God actually loves you. You are loved for just who you are. God made you just that way. So don't you waste a moment. Don't you waste a moment ever questioning that. 
receive God's love, receive God's grace, receive God's mercy, so that you might be a vessel that can give God's grace and God's love and God's mercy back to this world. Repair. Repair the world. Jesus asked Peter, uh, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. You know I love you. Feed my sheep. Peter, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. You know I love you. Feed my lambs. Hadley and Garrett. Matthew, Lars, David, Sophia, Luke and Gretchen and Ian, Ellie and Abigail, Will and Walker and Eric and Reagan, Emma, Caroline, Jackson, Elise, Hayden, Christopher, Avery, Kate, Parker. Do you love me? Yes. Lord, you know we love you. Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know we love you. Tend my flock. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, we love you. Then follow me. Follow me. Join me in repairing the world.